Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. Yes, I do choose Jesus, and I hope and pray that you do too. Uh, we're glad that you can join us live today. Today's date is December 14th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. Of course, I welcome back our usual uptime panel. We're starting with Bob Barber. Brother Bob, welcome back. Thanks, Greg. Looking forward to another awesome evening. Same here, brother. I hope your week was well and uh, look forward to uh, a great discussion. All right. Amen. And we, we bring back Brother Robert Hagan. Gentlemen, good to see brother you. Bob. Good to see you, brother. Welcome back. Here. Thank you. Good to be here. We also have with us Kevin Huckman, brother Kevin. Good evening, brother Kevin. What's up? Hey, what's up? Okay, H. <laughs> and of course, we bring back Pastor Patrick Winfrey. Hey, brethren, how are you, brethren? Good, Good to see you. Good to see Patrick's you. back. We're doing well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I can speak for myself, right? But thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I hope the rest of you are as well, as you've been blessed this past week. All of you also on uh, online with us, uh, we, we pray that uh, your week was well, too. It was good, uh, you know, grammatically correct, right? It was good. Well has come into the, uh, seeped into the, the grammar uh, as recently, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so... Uh, we have a lot to discuss tonight. We're going to go into questions as well. we'll probably save at least uh, the last 45 minutes uh, for questions. So please uh, start putting those, putting that information in the comments section, and I'll start starring them. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Um, uh, let's start with let's start with the week, uh, brother Bob Barber. How was your How was your week? Uh, anything that you've come up with that you you would like to share with us? Um, you know what? Um, one thing I'd like to talk about tonight is uh, baptism. I have people on my channel that ask me questions, so I figured that I would share one of them tonight when we get into the question and answer section. And that is people who say, do we need to be water baptized? So I'm going to be answering that later on. Do you need that for salvation? Do you, I mean, what's the difference between all that stuff between the spiritual baptism and the water baptism? And like I said, if it's needed. And, you know, I can't think about Everything I studied this week, I can't think of it until it gets resonated by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would be like, hey, Bob, remember you studied that this week? Bring it up now. So <laughs> basically, basically, that's how it's going to have to go for that. All right, Mr. Hagan. I thought the uh, opening that you ran before we started was uh, pretty awesome. Um, I remember being in that position of having to choose between life and death way back in the day. And uh, there's just, you know, there's no name named under heaven whereby we must be saved. Acts 4.12. And um, we're not on here to um, teach religion. We're not on here to 
to gain followers of, of uh, any of us. Uh, we're to we're on here to point people back to the master. You know, and I, I thought that was really, I mean, it, you're very inspired when you do those. That, that blessed me watching that. Good. I'm glad. Uh, it, it is a great, powerful video. Uh, we have played it once, I think, before. But, yeah, it's a little long, but I, I, I think it's appropriate for yeah. every once in a while to play that back uh, sure. as, as an intro. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Patrick, uh, how's your week? Uh, how's the ministry going? What's new? Well, uh, praise the Lord. Uh, I just always want to praise the Lord. Uh, for me, for the ministry the Lord has given me for the last 21 years, I mean, you guys know I've got the, was a missionary in the Philippines for 14 years, but uh, when and all that is a whole separate thing. But my heart is to br- to prepare the bride for the rapture, to bring in the final age of the Gentiles when the last people get born again. And I've been focused on that as my primary call from the Lord for 21 years. And that's what it's all about. You know, um, we, it's awesome to talk about end time events, which I think that's the purpose of this channel as, as you're saying, and uh, not necessarily to get into theology and all those things other than salvation. But, I think that's what we need to do, brothers and sisters, because, and I'm saying to the people listening too, people will hear this video, and that's what it is. The Lord uses when we talk about 666 and all these uh, fringe parts, you know, Planet X or whatever. These are the things where you can have uh, glean a harvest of non believers in who may stumble upon it because they, you know, uh, everyone in the world knows about 666. They may not understand John 3.16 or even heard John 3.16, but they know that there's the mark of the beast is universally known. Most people intuitively do not want to be marked or controlled or under some 1984 dictatorship. So from there, and I think that's, you know, I praise God for those kind of things are what this channel could be used for, you know, to catch those obscure people who otherwise who would never go to a church or listen to, evangelism directly except for when they realize that hey this biblical stuff is real these things are literally happening so therefore the bible must be true therefore what do i do about it to bring them to the place of receiving jesus christ as lord and savior and so i pray that's what we would accomplish with this channel besides whatever you guys feel it should be that's my prayer hallelujah and brother kevin yeah, it's been, an, uh, it's been a very interesting week. I mean, there's been a lot of news um, uh, regarding Israel this week. Uh, everyone's following up on that and seeing what's going on over there. Um, we got, of course, rumblings of wars, rumors of wars, right? We're seeing gigantic earthquakes take place in, uh, in your old neck of the woods over there, Patrick. Um so our prayers go out to the, the people who are going through that. Uh, it's, I mean, earthquakes can be very devastating in, in countries where, you know, you have a high water table, um, construction's not, you know, super great with code and stuff like that. Things will crumble. And when you get a seven plus that hits, it's uh, devastation. So yeah. um, also the people who are affected by the tornadoes as well that just went straight through the heartland of this country. Um, very, 
very difficult. But, you know, certain people won't let, you know, a crisis go to waste, will they? And so they have their narrative and agenda that comes out immediately thereafter, um, even though it appears as though tornadoes are actually down. <laughs> the number of tornadoes are down, but that doesn't stop them from pushing their worldview. And, uh, you know, we can see right through it. We know God's in control. And, uh, you know, people will ask, well, why, why does the Lord make people suffer? Why, why, why do people die and, and things like that? And it's like, you know, we live in a very fallen world and it's getting more fallen every day. And now the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. And, uh, you know, but the difference is, is that if you do go through that, you have the Lord with you. And even um, if you are to perish, that is to gain and well, you know, we, we, we have a different view of many people in this world um, who fear for their for their lives. Uh, we do not walk in fear whatsoever. And nothing is going to nothing separates us from the love of God. And when when you hear all these fear mongers out there, uh, you know, don't don't pay any heed. I mean. Don't even give them the time of day. You can tell right away that they're just peddling the fear and then just dust off your feet and move on to something that's more, uh, you know, wholesome, kind of like this, where we talk about hope and we talk about, uh, you know, the peace that passes all understanding here. Uh, but I'll tell you, this world is uh, is going down quick, isn't it? I mean, it is every you single You can say world. that again, brother. <laughs> Say it again, say it again. <laughs> when, they're, when they're burning down Christmas trees and letting yeah. the guy loose the next day, you know that something's up with this world. You know, it's yeah. not gone good. It's gone But you know wrong. what? As you, when I was thinking, can I just say, I was just thinking what you said. It shows you how ignorant the world is about Jesus Christ because they think a Christmas tree, you know, is Jesus. You know, it's yeah. about lights and decorations. No, I mean it's a, yeah, it's a it's a festive thing based on a pagan culture. No, I'm, I'm uh, saying yeah. So they think they're attacking Christianity, you know, right? Right, but no, yeah. no. The, the guy, the, the guy, the guy was not attacking Christianity. He was actually attacking the right. <laughs> That's yeah. what he was doing. That's Let's right. be honest. That's it was right. all it's political. So I mean, right, absolutely. You, admit, you know. And not only that, it's not just political, but it's also just lawlessness. Yeah. I mean, it's just flat out. Deviant behavior from depraved minds, who, who insane, lawless people. Right? It's spirit. It's like the spirit. Of, you know, another name for the antichrist is the lawless one. Yes. So it's. That, I mean, it's like the spirit of antichrist. So anarchy. You know, and on the back, of, if I can say it, you know, on the back of our dollar bill, I, I've talked about it on my channel many times. That that saying on there, out of the, you know, a new world order for the ages, below yes. the pyramid. Right. Well, you know, that whole sentence is out of chaos. Out of chaos. Know, a new world order for the Number ages. Order, yeah. Right? It's chaos. That's that's what they're creating. That's what they want with uh, buying off the uh, district attorneys that I'd heard years ago from Alex J. You know who I'm talking about <laughs> YouTube. He was saying that Soros was funding for D.A. elections all over the U.S. That was like five or ten years ago. And now we Conspiracy theory. Well, now we see it. Right. It's really true. Uh, you know, the no bail and all that stuff that it's all by design. We know that. Maybe some of our viewers don't know that this is all by design to collapse the United States, collapse mm -hmm. the West, to bring in a new world order, the Great Reset. So the, what the government's pushing with this alleged you know, thing that's going around that everyone needs to uh, take something from the government, 
That is all just another piece. Shut down small businesses, collapse the whole system. So we see every all these angles, uh, destroying marriage through letting anybody marry anybody is a whole nother, you know, to a, another pillar that God made Adam and Eve, another pillar of the foundation of what God created, the order that, that we're talking about lawlessness. So disorder, order, uh, every foundation that God made is under attack. And it's all by design. And God is going to give the wicked people what they want. This is what wicked people want. And God is going to let them get a big mouthful of mm-hmm. what they think they want. And so it's like people are being forced to get off the fence. And that's what we're saying. There's lots of people who who are kind of Christians, say they may be Christians. They call them nominal Christians. They go to church, maybe. But they've never given their life to Jesus Christ and that's that's you know that's who we need to reach those last mm-hmm. people who 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 are on the fence and and now is the day for you to choose to follow Jesus or not it, you can't play christian when they come and say hey we're going to chop off your head if you don't renounce Jesus worship the antichrist and take his mark and they put a gun to your head you know that, that there's going to be no false converse in that moment. Mm-hmm. You're going to be with Jesus, or you're not. So you're do right it now, that. so you can be raptured. Yeah, there's going to be no you false know, converse. Uh, here, Iran called out for. Uh, they said America needs to be destroyed in order for their Messiah to come. You guys hear the about Mahadi. that? They yeah. isolated America must go. Now, when I heard that, the Lord spoke to me. Say it's not just the Muslims. The Luciferians are saying the same thing. And every single evil, wicked person throughout this world is looking for a savior. They're all believing, they're all saying that America needs to be shut down, taken down, third world country style, before their Messiah comes. So basically, the way the whole world sees America right now is as soon as that place goes down into the dumps, that's, until that happens, nothing's going to get better on this world. And if you if you look around right now, the White House really annoys me. You know they see they got they got the worst polls in the world. I think uh, 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 Kamala and Biden together they uh, combined. <laughs> I don't think they even break fifty, do they? You know, Pretty close. so it's like uh, think the problem is look what they're doing. They don't even care about the polls. They know they're hated. They oh, are. Cool. They know they're hated. They don't care about polls. They're clones. It, all they want to do purpose, right? it's is shut purpose. down this country Sorry. and have it down in the dumps before the elect- midterm elections get here. Right. And they got to do as much as they can because if they don't get it done by the midterm, then, then something's going to happen. So they are, I mean, if we're in clown world right now. Right. Everything's so Bob, backwards. So, Bob, do you think that, that, that they're looking at us as restraining something that they want to have happen? Do you think that that's a possibility? (laughs) It sounds like they're like, you got to get rid of these people in America because you, once you do that, we'll be able to do what we want. Well, it doesn't the Bible say that the restrainer needs to be removed until the antichrist is revealed. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, they're saying without even understanding it, they're saying what comes out of the Bible and, and they're, they're actually like, doing what they need to do in order to make God's will for right. come to fruition. And it's like God, God's will is going to come no matter what, but he also works with people and works through people, even people who don't believe in him, he'll use in order to bring about his will. And, and, and those people have no idea 
that they're actually being used for good when they think that they're trying to do evil. And that's kind of one that one of those one verse, like God, you tried to mean it for, for, for evil, but God changed it and made it for good. And, and that's the beautiful thing about our Amen. Lord is that he's perfect, is that he's love and that he's going to take any situation and he's basically going to turn it around and he's going to be like, this was the plan all along, guys. <laughs> a lot of yeah. people, a lot of people are waking up though. You know, they're just not marching down, you know, like a, a group of sheep down to be slaughtered. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are waking up that, you know, to think that a man can come back and, you know, a, a natural man can come back and lead the, you know, take over and make everything right again. It's just, that's just not going to happen. Amen. That's the I biggest, mean, that's one of the biggest problems we've got brother in yeah. the, in the body of Christ. All these people are looking for a savior from DJ Trump who I, we, we like Trump. He's a Patriot, but if God doesn't send some great awakening worldwide right. turn and stop this train of the tribulation is left the station. And, and if the devil has his way, if God allows this to continue, I mean, there's this, there's no saving. Once they have the elections the way they are, I mean, once they control the elections, that's it. I mean, you mean, for, you mean fortified elections? <laughs> the selection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Selection. Stalin said, I don't care selection. who votes, just who counts the votes, right? That's the only thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what Stalin said. Right. Um, you know, he, but here's the thing, though, is that I think you hit the nail on the head, which is if this is if this is God's plan to like actually ramp it up from here and let it go, I mean, there is no stopping that. Right. Yeah, that's right. We've God all kind of seen it and, and we're like, is this, is this where it does never get better? You know, it's like, it, it's just downhill from here and it gets quicker and quicker downhill. Like and it seems like everything's labor. pointing to that, doesn't yeah. it? I think that's what, yeah. you know, the Lord said it's like a woman in labor, right? So we should look for, Sure. I mean, it doesn't stop. It, it increases in intensity, right? right? And, and worse. So the only question really for me is how much will the church see before the rapture? Yeah. You know, a lot of people I think are, maybe myself too, are surprised how much we have already seen. Even though it has, I mean, in a way it hasn't been bad psychologically. The lockdowns and all that I think have been very bad for people. Maybe they haven't been actually harmed by it physically, uh, but I think we've seen already seen more than I thought we would see. You know, who foreknew that this was going to happen? So who knows what we'll see? So I think that's why we need to be mentally, uh, spiritually, mentally and physically prepared uh, to to just keep waiting for the Lord. Because it says Jesus said, and, you know, in the midnight hour, you know, the cry goes out, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I think when you say midnight hour, you're saying like, I believe the Lord will snatch us from the snare of the fowler, like the 91st Psalm. I think it will look like people will be saying, hey, maybe there is no rapture. The Lord's not coming back. I mean, things it's like nuclear war is about to happen or whatever. And at that last second, the Lord will snatch us out just well, Bob, in the last second. Mm -hmm. well, but Bob, you you have a ton of people that that give you dreams and visions, stuff like that. And, and they all kind of point to that same thing, which is like calamity is on the doorstep, right? Right. Well, I don't. It's so many of them came through that I was able to make a whole video of a compilation of just the animations, not the ones I just read, but the animation dreams I made. Mm -hmm. And they all, if you watch the video, I posted in the Chronicles of the Rapture. And, and I, I think I put a video out last year about the nuclear 
uh, all these nuclear war dreams, and they're all the same. Nuke goes off, we go up, uh, Earth goes in the darkness. That's the exact same thing I've seen. And you know, what's messed up too is when I have these dreams. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing mentally that led to it. It just happened, and when it happens, it's scary. Mm. And it, when I see it, I've had dreams that are like, "Oh, scary dream." But you know, when these things happen, they they come like a vision. And I'm just I'm driving up this, you know, going over this overpass, and all of a sudden I see red, and also light, and boom, gone. You know, and I knew that these are nuclear weapons, and it just so happens, um, wasn't uh, I heard in the news that Russia is now moving nuclear weapons or talking about using them over in Europe now? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I saw that too. I yeah, think today. I bet yeah. you any money Russia will be the first one to fire one off. I bet you they'll be the first one to fire one off. Well, some goof in our government said that um, that that's not off the table that we could use a nuke on them. It's like what? I mean, yeah, they, they, these people are just like itching for for just total destruction, so that they they can uh, you know pick up the pieces, and somehow I guess they think they're going to survive it. Great uh, reset, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So they're going to take they're going to manufacture a crisis. Uh, they're going to continue to manufacture crises until you know the whole system t- totally collapses. And I'm sure Bob and I have talked about this before that it's very possible that the rapture could definitely have something to do with that about you know destroying the system. Talk about this now. If let's just say that we're all correct, I think we all believe that the children are uh, are going to be raptured. Um, could you imagine a world that that were I almost sounded like uh, that one. I uh, forget his name. Could you imagine a world where the children are not here? And it's just like they're, they're gone. And I mean, no, what kind of destruction that would do to the economy right. of the world, to you the mentality what? of people? I but mean, you, they, they would lose good. children are hope. People would mm-hmm. lose hope really quick, no matter who you are, when all the children are gone. So here's a good here's a good message for all those people that warn about their children. The Lord just showed it to me just now while you're talking. You know, when children die during the um, during the age of the law and all the other dispensations, okay, whatever was in place, the children always ended up in the center of the earth during those gospels. Okay, that was available at that point. And here we are now in our own dispensation with our own children being born at this point. So whatever's in place right now is what will be applied to children, just as has been applied to other children in other dispensations. Well, like during the kingdom dispensation, during the uh, millennium, if you know, of course, the Bible says if any child that dies before 100 years old would be very rare. But mm-hmm. if any child dies, goes to the center of the earth. Okay, but during the age of grace, it's different. If a child dies, he or she will go to heaven. And I think we see enough uh, evidence of that. So if the children are dying and they're going to heaven immediately, that means that there's a dynamic in place that keeps that, um, I don't know, can't understand how I was going to say this, but they, if they're going to heaven, they're just like the rest of us here who are sealed in the body of Christ. For some reason, God takes them to heaven. So if that law is in place, why would God ignore it at the rapture? He wouldn't. He would have to take the children. Course, because you know, if, if all the righteous are removed from the earth who are filled with the Holy Spirit, because if all the righteous on earth, all of us died all at once, all of our spirits will go to heaven. Agreed? Well, but yeah. the children, if all they all of them died, all their spirits go to heaven too. 
So at the rapture, if all the adults are taken, then why wouldn't all the children be taken too? Yeah, that makes no sense to to have them here. But the, I guess my my overall point, and we all we we believe that, and there's you point point out some really good reasons of why. But my point is that the rapture is going to cause uh, you know an economic collapse as well. I mean, you're talking about people that have you know jobs that provide services for people. You're talking about you know caring the, the entire restrainers completely removed. I mean, you're going to have an upheaval at the rapture and it's going to be a very public event like Bob talked about. And the aftermath thereafter is not something to stick around for. It is, um, I mean, it is, it's called an escape for a reason and pray that you're worthy to escape all these things that are coming upon the earth. Basically. I mean, that's, that's what we have forward to, to look forward to, which is, is our blessed hope is the appearing of Jesus Christ and our, our catching away to, with him. I mean, what a oh! I just think of that yeah. Yeah. gloriousness that yeah. we're going to experience thereafter, and the peace that we'll have, and finally forever we'll be at peace. What yeah. a beautiful thing, brothers! Yeah, finally Amen. be at peace. One of the yeah. things we have to re- remember too is that this verse can't, comes to my mind many times. Though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed day by day. The renewed mind. You know, uh, Romans 12, too, the renewed mind is the key to power. We've got to put on the mind of Christ and not just once a week on a daily basis. Right. It's a thought. It's really uh, the battlefield really is the mind. And the weapon is the word and the key is faithfulness. And um, we need to know as we're doing that, that we are being strengthened with all might in the inner man, as it says in Ephesians, because we need that. You know, we can't, we, we, we can't just do this on um, mental ascent. It just, it doesn't work. You know, the mental ascent will wear out after a while. And there's a lot of things that come up to, to try to talk us out of believing the word. And, and uh, I've got stuff I'm dealing with right now, but, I know the word says that God is faithful and the word says that he doesn't lie. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to stand on that word. Come, come hell or high water. You know, I mean, I've got, you know, you really, like I've said so many times before, if you, if you're thinking about giving Jesus a chance, now's the time to do it. Like Patrick was saying, there's no, you know, there's no time like the present. There's no, there's no reason to wait till, because we're not guaranteed tomorrow, are we, you guys? Amen. We're, we're not guaranteed the next minute. Right. So right. we really have to, um, there are, there is a remnant of folks out there that still need to hear the word. There's, there's people that might stumble across this channel and um, be thinking about offing themselves because they're, they don't have any hope, but, you know, we know that, we have hope, and uh, that's one of the reasons why we do this is to Amen. give people is to give people hope. And it's it's uh, you know like Kevin was saying, it's a it's a wonderful thing when you think about the, the return. I mean, that's something that everybody's looking forward to. But how about the here and now? You know, we've got a um, well, we still have 
breath within our bodies, we need to reach out and do the best that we can to, to bring the folks back home. You know, yeah. that's the right. only way I can put it is bring them back home because they're like the prodigal. They're out there and like I was years ago, doing my own thing, you know, and then things happen. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that, brother. looks like we got a request uh, about something we were talking about offline, Kevin. Talk about the Beast statue in oh, New, yeah, the Beast statue. Right. New so, York City. Yeah, so <laughs> in New York City, <laughs> get a rope. Uh, <laughs> what a surprise, huh? <laughs> you remember that commercial? It was the guy. Oh, New York City. <laughs> salsa. Yeah, New York yeah. City, get a rope. Um yeah, there it is. So that is the peace and safety statue. <laughs> uh, it just exudes peace, doesn't it? I mean, uh, you oh. can see you you get a sense of calm. This guy's you could just go up and pet it. It's it's really nice. Um, Rip your no, arm off. <laughs> it's called the guardian, right? The guardian of what? The guardian of, of who knows what? But um, so I I saw this statue a few weeks back, and I was like, oh, that's an ugly looking thing. Um, and so I was, I was like, you know, I'm gonna, and then I saw, you know, Bob put up a video this week, um, an exceptional video, actually. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's called uh, The Coming Supernatural Economy and Timing of the Mark of the Beast. Uh, it's a fantastic um, synopsis of what they're, what, what they're doing to basically, um, you know, just kind of crash the system and bring out a reset and then uh and then what what's going to happen after that so B bob has got some really good insights in that check that out but i did see a lot of people posting about this statue in there and saying hey did you see that they erected the beast in front of the un and i was like it does kind of look like a, a pretty nasty beast there and it does have some resemblance to what's talking talked about in daniel and revelation right so what i did is i reached out to the creators of the statue um and and they replied back to me, and I'll go ahead and read that response. So they said, um, I actually asked them, I said, hey, did, um, you know, uh, was your inspiration uh, taken from Daniel or Revelation or anything like that? And they basically said, hello, thank you very much for your message. Uh, our company is a workshop that respects all cult cultures and religions, and it has not been our intention to refer to a religious text with this exhibition. They said, our figures are, and they have a couple of these. This is not the only one they've done. I believe they have one in New York as well. Uh, our figures are a representation of the Tonus and Nahulas of the Zapotec culture. So they are mergers of animals of the Zapotec calendar. Uh, we offer an apology because it has been misunderstood. And this is the key phrase here. Our reason for exhibiting these pieces is to show solidarity with our countrymen and women, this is from Mexico, who have had to migrate to the United States. So th their motivation, whether they know it or not, um, uh, and whether this is true or not, because I wasn't born yesterday, but I'm just telling you what they, what they wrote to me. If it is true that their true motivation is to basically give these statues and, and praise the people who have come over here illegally from Mexico, illegally. So uh, that's, that's what they're saying they're doing. Now, they took the inspiration from the Zapotec culture. 
for those who uh, are, know about the Zapotec culture, I didn't know much about it, so I looked into them. The Zapotec culture was a culture that was in Mexico between about 700 BC and to about 1580. Uh, they were conquered by the Spanish, basically, when they came uh, over from Spain. But before that, they said that their ancestors came out of caves and that their ancestors were called the cloud people. So when I, when I first read that, I thought the cloud people sounds awfully like fallen angels to hmm. me. And hmm. that, that they said that they turned people, they turned, I'm sorry, trees and jaguars into people. So I, I thought that was really interesting. So you're talking about a supernatural thing that goes on. Uh, obviously, these people came from the clouds. Uh, so they're aliens, right? So they are um, fallen angels. And the fact that they put all these animals of that culture together, they also did human sacrifices, by the way. But uh, they put all these animals together, and that didn't surprise me that it would resemble something like a beast from either Revelation or Daniel, considering that their um, you know, inspiration for these things were from fallen angels, which are part of the Antichrist, spirit of Antichrist, the devil, the beast system. So it doesn't surprise me. They it doesn't appear as though they understand that at all. But even if you're just going to go off their basic, you know, surface level motivation, I think that's a pretty bad motivation as well. Because what is this symbolizing here? Is this symbolizing that the people coming from Mexico illegally are Peaceful? Doesn't look. It looks like this guy's pretty menacing. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how any of that actually works to their benefit. But of course, the world is bought full in now, and here you are. You've got a statue in front of the UN, which symbolizes illegal crossings, and then ultimately the spirit of Antichrist. I think somebody mentioned earlier the word lawlessness. I, know, I can't remember who it was. <laughs> All of us. That's pretty much what what it's signifying as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, that's what they're saying, yeah. You know, I see lots of non-believers in the comment sections who are saying that uh, the Christians are on here talking about how that Jesus is coming back so the Christians won't fight against the New World Order and there's no rapture, this kind of stuff I see in the comments on the YouTube. And uh, I just want to say this to those people, you know, because to bring it back to the what we're, the foundation of what this is all about, and uh, Brother Kevin had mentioned earlier about the children of non-believers going to heaven. You guys talked about that. Mm -hmm. And what came to my mind that I wanted to say about that to all you non-believers and all you, you know, who are mockers of Christianity and the rapture and all that. Uh, it reminds me so much what broke Egypt. What was the final sign God did that broke the back, the heart of Pharaoh and the hard-hearted arrogance of the greatest country on earth in that moment, the Egyptians, that was that their firstborn child died. So for the people who are not Christians, when your children are raptured and go with the Christians, you're going to be broken, just as the Pharaoh, the house of Pharaoh himself, and all the Egyptians' hearts were broken, and they were crushed, mentally, spiritually crushed and defeated, by the loss of their children. So even wicked people love their kids. And so it's going to be like that day. If you go look at the story from Exodus, 
And so I would say to you, all children that are below the age of accountability are going to be going. And so if I were you, maybe that would be something that would touch your heart. Maybe God, through your hard-heartedness and your mockery, God would even touch you with the fact that you don't want to be separated from your children. So if you're a born-again Christian, you're right with God, and you're going to go in the rapture, your kids are going to go in the rapture, we're going to be there together. It's going to be a great celebration. All of the things CNN, Fox News, Donald Trump, Joe Biden or whatever, the new, none of that is going to make any difference or mean anything to us when we're there with Jesus. Mm. All the things we're talking about will be over in a moment. Money will be useless. All those things. As a matter of fact, gold is used for pavement of the streets in heaven. So I would say to you, go with, go with your children. Get right with God. I mean, the conspiracy upon conspiracy upon conspiracy... We have peace. Wes, we talked about that earlier. We have no fear of death. Even if there was no rapture and, and the Antichrist came here and we all went to jail and had our head chopped off, to live as Christ and to die is gain. We were going to go be with Jesus. That's right. And, yeah. and that's eternity. Nothing else matters, ultimately. And so I would just want to say to the panel and to everybody listening, mm-hmm. the bottom line is we are here for one reason, for Jesus Christ and his mission he said, I came in John chapter three, not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And so that's what we're here to seek and save the lost. And God uses all these different avenues to do it. So anyone that came here for these other, all you know, to hear about the, what the world's doing, the kingdom of the Antichrist. Praise God you're here because God wants you to hear that his word, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That who would ever, whosoever would believe in Jesus Christ would not go to hell, but you would have everlasting life. You can be rapture ready to go with us. It's going to happen. And like I said, even if it doesn't happen, you could even put that aside. Every person under the sound of my voice is going to die one day. Even if the Lord doesn't come back in our lifetime, you are still going to die. You're not going to live forever on this earth. And you're going to have to face Jesus. And he'll say to you, depart from me. I never knew you. Or he'll say, enter into your rest, my good and faithful servant. That's the two. That's the only two choices. It is a binary choice. No matter what, how many different choices the world wants to have, God gives us two choices. Either receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or not. And if you do not, you cannot go to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to heaven. No one can come to the Father except through through him, Jesus Christ. That's it. So I'm finished. Sorry. Yeah, Patrick, <laughs> you know, you know I, was, I was just thinking about that same verse as you were talking, but you know, it's really, it's really true um, that there's a song years ago that uh, why don't you stand up and give give Christ a chance? He's in love with you. He arose to set you on high. Um, you'll never know till you give him a try. I don't know the word or the rest of the words, but you know, he said, "I am the way." I am not. He didn't say, "I am one of the ways." He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes into the Father but by me. And I was shown that in, I think it was 73. And I had known, I'd seen that verse before, but I had never really looked at it. And in the last part of it where it says, no man comes into the Father but by me. And I thought, well, either Jesus Christ was the 
the biggest egotist that ever lived or he was he was the true messiah and the longer that i've been around the word of god and i haven't always walked perfectly but i've i've seen enough of it i know enough of it to know that it is true so if someone's out there wanting to belittle it and wanting to um, say it's a crutch and all the other things they say they haven't really taken an honest look at it and sat down and asked God to show them because we've talked about this over the months. If you really want to learn the truth, if you really want to get to the point where you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you better fasten your seatbelts because he's not going to disappoint you. He'll be there. He's there right now. He's waiting for people to, to just give him a chance. And, um, He's not going to force it. He's not going to kick the door open, right, Kev? No. He doesn't. He doesn't kick the door open. But he's he's waiting there for you to turn to him. And you're not doing it because you're weak. That's another thing the adversary tries to use. Well, look at how weak you are and how you need Jesus. Well, in that case, I'm one of the weakest guys that ever breathed. Right, and drew mm. breath then. And I don't believe it's weakness. I believe it's strength that shows the man to finally realize that he needs a savior. And you have to be humble to receive it. You know, you, you don't go on a, you don't go on a big ego trip just because you're a born again believer. That The humility has to come with it. You know, um, I know Greg, when he first started this, I, I, I know that, I, I didn't know him even then, but I know that there was a lot of thought that went into this and there was a lot of prayer that went into this. This isn't just something that all of a sudden one afternoon he was sitting there watching the Mets, probably not watching the Mets, but, <laughs> you know, he was sitting there and all of a sudden he thought, well, let's put something on the Internet. Uh, let's call it uptime. You know, I know, Greg, it's true, Greg, isn't it? There's a lot there's a lot of thought and prayer that went into into doing this uptime community and. Well, it kind of, well, brother, it actually all fell into place. It really wasn't my own doing. I mean, it really started off with myself and brother Boucher, John Boucher, and we were just doing something on the side. And uh, really, it just kind of, yeah. you know, came to become a panel uh, discussion, bringing people on. And we and the Lord decided which ones he wanted to keep on here on a, on a regular basis. And I really give him the glory for it. I mean, it. You know, uptime really came up as, as an idea, and I didn't know where it was going until the Lord showed me. So that is yeah, but something. He, but he was something. he was working in you to well to do his good pleasure. Well, absolutely. Just like, just like absolutely. he was working in yeah. JB's life. You know, yeah, like I can't does. take credit for it. Yeah, it's okay. definitely his doing. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's been a blessing, um, you know, and I, I'm glad it has come to this point because it really is is becoming this this great camaraderie and and uh, fellowship among brothers and sisters in Christ that we can come and gather together it doesn't have to be on a sunday you know what i'm saying and it, and we realize you know we can discuss these things we can go over these things it doesn't have to be uh in in four walls in a, in, a, in a building you know it can be done online and other people can can view this and the Lord's going to bring these people in, 
who he wants to bring in. That's it. You know, let those who have ears to hear, you know, hear what the spirit says. That's what this comes down to. You know what? Those those who decide to mock and scoff, you know what? Like Pastor Patrick said, there's there's going to be a point in which you're going to know one way or another who you are, who you stand for at one yeah, at some point. We believe that point is coming very soon. That day is coming very soon. And there were there were mockers and, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees continually were nipping at Jesus heels the whole time during his ministry. Every time he did something great, every time he taught and healed people, they were always there to try to accuse him. So it's nothing new. You know, there's if there's a miracle that happens, somebody is going to going to think it's uh, it's fake. Or if mm -hmm. somebody, you know, there, there there's always going to be people out there that are going to doubt. But the, the sure sign that you that you can really know is that when you personally go to the Lord and say, show me, and he will start to show you. And I, I know we can, all, we can all attest to this. He's he's not a he's not a piker. He, he's going to he's going to show you he's going to bring people into your life that are going to be able to teach you and. Uh, mentor you, if you will, and um, and just because if you're, let's say you're 50 years old and you've never heard the truth of the word, you're going to have to learn. But it doesn't mean you have to learn everything overnight. I mean, he's uh, uh, the great physician. He he works with you, and I don't know. It's just I don't know how it all works out. But the Holy Spirit within it just. If it could take somebody with a mind as confused as mine was way back in the day, and I think some people think I still am a bit confused, but <laughs> at the same time, and you know, clear it up, clean it up to the point where it was actually functioning in a logical way. That's one of the reasons my friend James became a believer, because he saw how the Lord healed my mind. And it was i told him i said jim it's not me i said it was the, it was the lord that did it man and he said the lord who you know and the door opens and you you speak the truth we all have a platform you know some of us a bigger platform than others but we all have the ability within us to or you know the witness we have is our life <laughs> you know we don't and i i I can say, you know, that I'm thankful that I, I know the truth. And if somebody wants to belittle it, that's that's their loss, I believe. But there's a lot of people that might be sitting in the chat room right now saying, these guys are crazy. But you know what? They said Jesus Christ was crazy. They said that he was casting out devils by the prince of the devils. Beelzebub read about that last night. Amen. So they, yeah, they you know, even it, said he was he was demon possessed and was a yeah. Samaritan and was demon possessed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If he if he had stopped at the point where he was worried about what people were saying about him, he never would have done. He never would have been able to do it is finished because it he would have been finished from the beginning. But, but you got to love hey, the logic. You got to love the logic he used on them, though. He was like. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, if I was doing that, you know, that a house divided against itself self can't stand. Right. So 
I mean, these people came up with a really dumb uh, argument against him. And uh, it's like, you're, you're a Beelzebub, you're Beelzebub, you're the devil. And he's like, if I wasn't the devil, I'm doing a really bad job, basically, because I'm casting out devils here. Uh, so it's just, you know, but when you, but the world comes up with just ridiculous arguments all the time. Nothing's changed over the thousands of years. They, they, they don't have a real answer against Jesus. They don't. They cannot actually have a case against him. So they make up horrible arguments and falsehoods and things like that. And they do the same thing to us. And Jesus said that that was going to happen. So when these people do that, they're fulfilling prophecy that the Bible said, that Jesus said, that Paul said, that Peter said, that all of them said that in the end days, there are going to be scoffers and mockers. And what you don't want to do, though, is to be one who believes and then says your Lord tarries and then goes and beats up the fellow brethren. That's really bad. So that's, and, and, and the way you don't do that is by doing what you said earlier, which is renewing your mind daily, right. which is every single day you get up and you take up your cross and you put under submission anything that comes into your mind that during that day, which is not holy, and it's a difficult thing to do. That that is look salvation and, and 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 Greg by some means it is you're not weak when you say you know what I need a savior. Um, it, you know what weak is following the crowd, uh, just blending in. That, that that that's a sure sign of weakness. So if they're saying that we're weak, we're the ones who are under attack. They aren't the ones under attack. They're the ones doing the attacks. The, of course they'll play. They'll do the reverse and they'll play the victim card on you and say, no, 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 you're the one who's attacking. But in reality, do, do Christians run the mainstream media? No. Is the message of Christ being broadcast out there on CNN every day? Absolutely not. It's just the opposite. So it is. But but salvation is a free gift. So that's easy. What's difficult is the sanctification process thereafter of actually renewing that mind every single day and putting everything under the cross. That is not easy. You know why? Because we strive against the flesh, and the flesh is sinful. And that's why Paul said many times, he's like, you know, I just do things that I don't want to do. The things I want to do, I don't do. (laughs) I strive against this flesh, and... You could just tell in his spirit that he's just like, I'm going to be so happy one day when I don't going to deal with this anymore. And and we all go through that and we all lift each other up when we're going through these times um, where, you know, you have temptation or, you know, boredom or whatever it may be. Or sickness. We have each other here to like to help each other. Right. Just like when just like when Bob was going through the stuff with the covid. Yeah. You know, you can't tell me that prayer doesn't work. There's no way you can tell me that. I don't believe it. I know that prayer works. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, there was, you know, uh, I don't mean to put you on a spot by saying this, Bob, but I know that yeah, prayer right. works because I know there were a lot of people that were praying for you, brother. And I had, and we, Terry and I had it too, but we had people praying for us. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just kept thinking, you know, that, you're going to come through it. You're going to get better. Um, 
I'm sure the Lord, and I know talking to you, the Lord taught you a lot of things during that time. But you have to give him the credit for the healing. And, you know, well, some people might say, well, well, if, if you're really believing God, how did you, how did that ever happen to you? You know, there's always somebody that's going to be out there to say something off the cuff like that. But just, just the truth, <laughs> just seeing you there tonight and knowing that you're healthy and you're, and you're back doing your stuff and your countenance is the way it is, blesses my socks off. Because I remember how I saw you that one time. I thought, I'm going to start praying for this fellow right now. And I told Terry, I said, we're going to pray for Bob every day because, you know, this stuff is, is no fun. And, and just, um, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent about COVID, but at the same time, and Kevin, you had it too. And, and it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, we got through it and, and, uh, we got through it. Prayer was a big part of getting through it. Right, Bob? I mean, it was real, it was real bad. But, you know, we, we do yeah. have things in our lives that, that test us. And um, when we come out the other side, we're stronger. Or well, least- brought me to uptime right after I got over it. I mean, it was pretty amazing, Greg. I mean, you, you contacted me literally like the week that I'd gotten. I mean, I'd finally, I was just every day I was like, when is this going to go away? When am I going to feel regular again? You know, Bob and, and Robert, you guys had this thing. You're just like, what? when is the day that I'm going to wake up and know that it's gone? You know, it's just like every day you wait for it, you know, and it goes on for like two weeks and then the third week you're like, please. And then finally it goes. And, and then what do you feel like? You're just like, you feel like a million, but you're just like, yes, you know, I, I just feel so good. And then Greg emails me and is like, Hey, uh, what do you think about uh, coming online with us and doing this? And I'm like, well, that sounds like a lot of fun, man. I think that would be great. And that was just that same week. And I mean, the Lord knows how to lift you up when you're, when, you know, when you've come through something and next thing you know, he's just like, Hey, look at this opportunity. Um, and I mean, Bob, you, uh, you had a rough time through it, but I mean, you came out fiery than more fiery than ever, I think. Yeah. I guess when you go through something like that, you know, I really believe I was near death with that whole thing yeah okay yeah it just felt that way when i went through it it almost felt i got to the point where i almost felt hopeless you know i was so bad and my and i said well i just need to go to hospital they could fix me up my when my wife kept telling me no if you go there all they're going to do is just go home and wait it out so the the hospital can't do nothing for you you know and i'm like going on three weeks now i'm like and it's getting worse. I'm like, what do I do? I'm not waking up in the morning. It's not going away. It's getting worse every day. And they're not going to get the medication that actually helps you, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but usually, you know, I never get sick. I'm not a sickly person. Yeah. I hardly ever get sick. I, I haven't been sick in like four or five years Yeah, like that. And I mean, I like that. That's my sickest ever. But I'm talking about get like a, a 12-hour flu or something like that. Right. Other than that, that usually about 12 hours, 16 hours is most I've ever been sick. This thing was not natural. <laughs> Whatever it was, it wasn't natural. Nothing like nothing like that keeps you sick for almost a month. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and with all these weird symptoms, too, and the crazy things. I mean, 
listen, 104.5 temperature is what I had for six days. And I mean, th- that is rough. I'm telling you, it is rough. You, you, you just feel like you've got nothing left in you. And I shed like, you know, 25 pounds in like two weeks. I mean, it was brutal, but um, you know what though? It did not conquer us. And, and even if we would have succumbed to it, we would be in a better place today. I can tell you that. However, God has different plan, obviously a different plan for us. He's keeping us here and we're here every single week and we're not here to necessarily talk bad about anybody regarding the virus and this and that. We all know who did it and why and blah, blah, blah. And we know it's not natural. We knew that a year ago when they were trying to ban us. And now they're not trying to ban us anymore because they know it too. So their fact checkers were wrong and now their fact checkers are getting the hang of it. But you know what? Just like you talked about earlier with Alex J, a lot of these things that we talk about and that the people who are actually aware and watching uh, are talking about, those things actually become truth later on. And so here's the deal, guys. We, I feel so good about where we are in the brotherhood and where we are with the people who, who watch this and who watch your videos, Bob, and who watch Robert Hagen on here every single week giving his studies and Brother Patrick and the things that you do. It is, I mean, we are actually making a difference. We are helping people become more aware and more awake. And I'm telling you, it helps me every day too, because I got to be on top of things to keep up with Bob and, and you guys on this stuff. Um, and I, and I tell you, I'm, I'm blessed for it. And Greg, I want to thank you for, you know, once again, for, for listening to the Lord and having us on here. Um, you've definitely with the Lord's help amassed, uh, a, a great group of guys. And I, I just, once again, I appreciate, um, you know, every, everybody on here. Amen. You know, Amen. you probably heard that part of the video too, where I, I talk about uptime. Mm-hmm. You guys hear that part? Yep. I said uptime, but my, I use my videos and all of us on uptime, we're always doing damage control. Yeah. You know, we're always doing damage control for the gift <laughs> of salvation. It's true. You know, people tell, I got to do this. God got, I have to do this and I have to do this, right. this, this work and that work. And I'm like, you know, if that was the case, then why didn't any of those people in the Old Testament go to heaven when they did those works? How come they're all in the center of the earth still? Good question. What changed? <laughs> you know, when did it become a gift? You know, when, when of course, Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and then when he revealed the gift to Paul, our apostle Paul, you know, that's when it became a gift. That's when people started going to heaven. You guys ever wonder who was the very first person to enter into heaven under the gospel? Anybody? <laughs> I think it must have, been apostle, must have been Apostle Paul. I don't know. Could have been. I mean, about Stephen. It could have been Stephen. I mean, I know that's before in the rightly dividing. Well, probably not recorded, but James was the first apostle to be, you know, killed. Yeah. First three years, but I'm, I think I'm, that's a, I think it's an answer we're going to get um, post rapture, Bob. And I think mm-hmm. that we'll, uh, we'll we'll all figure that one out in heaven. That's but right. uh, there's there's a lot of good candidates. Paul's a great candidate. I think Stephen's an excellent candidate. James is a good candidate. There's a lot of good candidates. But the, the but the key is is like who's going to be the last one to come in, and um, and we got a big part in that, of course. Tribulation saints are come after us, but we are planting the seeds now 
for fruition later on. And, um, uh, you know, even though that's why people say, like, why are you worried about that anyway? You're going to get raptured. So, so what? It's like, well, I mean, there's still a gleaning that's going to happen afterwards. And can you so imagine there's gonna if somebody, material that's going to be uh, left behind for them. Can you imagine one of the hundred, the future 144,000 witnesses, you know, heard us give the gospel, but rejected it. And then later on, that was a right. seed that led to them getting saved after the rapture. Yeah. But, you know, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? I mean, it could be oh, I think they're going to have some good stories, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a, a vision about what the BMC judgment looks like. There's okay. And this is a, if you can imagine a gigantic, like, like a football stadium. Okay. With the, you know, you and with the screens all around, you can see what each person comes up and gets judged and what they did and all the works, you know, but it was like, what I saw was the, the stadium. It was like, of course you can imagine <laughs> how big the body of Christ would be inside this whole thing. Okay. But what happened is when you walked up, everybody that was touched by your walk in the earth, whatever you did in your ministry, whatever it is throughout your whole life, all those people were brought into the inner circle to watch your get, receive your crown. And then they all go back, and the next person comes in, and everybody that was affected by the person, they all come into like this inner part that surrounds you as you see all your works. And so not only do you see all the works that you did, you see immediately close to you everybody that you affected while you're on earth for the kingdom. You know, and it was a constant, you know, it was like done in a split second. It's just shoo, 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 shoo. each person. It was just it was flipping back and forth. But it's cool. You walk it up as big, long with like with like a red carpet, but it's like a long uh walk up to Jesus Christ and everybody's around you cheering cheering for you you know you it's like you know you just imagine that's what i'm saying like anybody any type of mission work you could do anything you could do to touch the body of christ to build it you know i would hate to be that person that just got saved believed in jesus and sat there and played video games their whole life all they're gonna do they'll walk up and they're going to they're probably gonna watch all these people see all these huge crowds gather around them every time they go up and get their, their crown knowing that when they walk up there there won't be anybody Hey, you received your crown. You received the. Uh, you entered the kingdom. You're still saved by the fire. Won't receive any rewards, you know. But I just thought that was pretty interesting to bring up right here, though. That reminds me of that song, "The Altar" by Ray, Ray Bolts. You know that if you ever have a chance to listen to that, it's a great song about the effect that one man has on on the world. Pretty neat. Amen. You know. Be- you don't, the word never comes, never goes out of void. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of times that just people, they see you and they watch how you live and they watch how you act in a situation. They watch, you know, how come you can stay calm in the midst of all this, all this turmoil and all this, uh, confusion. And they, I know that sometimes they'll walk up and they'll say, well, how come you're so calm? How come, you know, you're peaceful over this situation? That's because I know the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's why. I've got hope. I don't have to be an empty floating by, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. If you're going to be here in this world, get to work, man. You won't regret it. 
Anything you can do for the Lord, whatever he called you to do. If you are a mother of children, if he called you to be the mother of children and raise them right, then great are your rewards in heaven. Because that's your gift. That was your calling, you know. And it goes the same for everybody, whatever the Lord called you to do. Now, nobody's going to call, the Lord will not call you to start a pornographic website. Okay, he's not calling you to do that. <laughs> or any type of work like that. So you have to read in between the lines what I'm trying to say here. All right. But uh, like my wife's great example, you know, she cannot do what I do here. But she she's going to receive great rewards in heaven because not only does she believe, but she is doing what the Lord has called her to do. You know, and that's what the Lord wants. You show up to God. God's like, this is what I've written down in the books for you. And you achieved everything that I've written down in the books. Well done. Okay, that's what I want to do. I don't want no. I don't want to leave any stone unturned. Whatever God has willed for any of us, you know. The last thing I want to do is get up there and say, "Well, I could have done this, could have done that, would have, should have, could have." You know, I don't want to be in that situation. I don't know about you guys, but not me. Your wife cooking you some good meals there, uh, brother Bob. Yes, <laughs> she does. I'm a pretty good cook myself, yeah. actually. Too. Oh, good. But, uh, <laughs> awesome. But you guys don't want to mean everybody listening, okay? You don't have to be on here to uh, talk like we are or start a ministry like each of us have. You know, God called each and every one of us to do these specific jobs. So don't think, oh, I'm just sitting there. I'm not going to see anything in heaven. No, that's, that's not the way it works. Just take the time to ask the Lord, what is it in my life that you want me to achieve for you? That's a that's a great point, Bob. It really is. And he'll show you. And he'll show you. Real quick, and, too. And no uncertain terms. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. And you'll and get you, a fire for it too. You yeah. know when you get you know when you get there. You you'll be on fire for it. You'll love it. You will want to do it like late into the night because you won't want to stop. You know, you know when you get there. You know. And that's like heaven. You get to heaven, we're not we're gonna have t- we'll have work there but it ain't gonna be like work here you know we're gonna do stuff like you know i think i'm gonna be a furniture maker i'm gonna make furniture for people i'm gonna make the best furniture i'm gonna build you a chair bob it'll probably take me a thousand years to make it but when i'm (laughs) done with it it's gonna be a really good chair because it took me a thousand years can you imagine what the what type of material i'll have available and putting a thousand years into a how good of a chair it will be <laughs> i might need i might need a rocking chair at that point bob <laughs> you're not going to be aging up there like you are now okay yeah. i mean everyone knows that uh you're getting old but um <laughs> God bless you. Such a a fine man. The key. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I think the key is here is that we, we, we all realize that we, there's no way to earn, um, earn our way up there, you know, earn our way next to God. God is pure holiness. There is no possible way that we as humans can do anything in order to achieve, um, that greatness or that holiness. It's not, it's not possible within us um, by ourselves. I mean, so, you know, we have to have a method in order to do that. And for those who, who think that they're, they can get, be good enough or do enough things in order to become holy. um, You know, the first, next time they sin, they'll realize that they didn't make it, uh, that they missed the mark. And that's what sin is. It's missing a mark. 
and and the mark is perfection for God. So you're never going to attain that. Uh, the the only way that you can dwell with Him and dwell with holiness is by having the the, the correct spirit. And the way that you get the correct spirit is by believing in His Son, <laughs> uh, and and believing that the finished work on the cross is actually what saves you, and and that's all that can save you. There's nothing else that you could do or say or anything in order to do that. You just, you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You do that and you are saved. And after that though, is like, is a, is a process to basically become a disciple of Jesus. Sanctification. Yes. The sanctification process. And there's only one thing, one entity, which is the Holy spirit, which is, you know, part of the Trinity, the father, the son, and the spirit, the Holy spirit works inside of you once you accept Jesus it dwells within you and and it says hey do this or hey what are you doing with that it's it's some people will call it your conscience uh, but it's but it's more so than just a conscience it's actually a driving force in your life that that leads you to to certain paths and you just need to 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 listen you need to listen you don't need to talk so much to it you just need, need to listen, and it will tell you in a small, still voice sometimes exactly what you need to do. So it's hard, it's hard to hear a small, still voice if you're telling the Spirit, I need to be doing this. Why aren't you helping me with this, God? Why didn't I get this? Why didn't you? No, shh, listen. Okay. So his agenda instead of your agenda. I his, think that's what His will, his done, will right? not your will, right? Right. You know, Romans 8, I will throw that out there. Romans chapter 8 says, those who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. So we should be led by his spirit, right? And then I just wanted to add what you're talking about, works. Romans chapter 4, the Apostle Paul explains that to us. I mean, the definition of grace is something given to you for free that you didn't earn. And Paul says there in Romans chapter 4 that about Abraham believing and being justified by faith in his faith in what God had told him in Genesis. It says there that if, if God had owed Abraham something. It was like earning a wage, like when you work for a company and they give you wages. And it says God owes no man anything. So that's, I mean, that's a whole other side of it that we usually don't say. Another way of looking at it, God doesn't owe us anything. I mean, the word grace means unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor, forgiveness. And so God's grace is not, even when we say a free gift, well, if it's not free, it's not a gift. I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a double saying of the same thing. It sure. is given freely by God to those who receive it. you got to receive it. There is no universalism. There's something called universalism. Or some people, I know someone here locally who believes that all people are going to heaven. There is no hell. Nobody's going to hell. Whether you like it or not or know it or not, you're going to heaven. That is something different. Grace is there by grace are you saved through faith. So when you hear the gospel, as the Bible says in Hebrews, harden not your heart as the children of Israel did in the wilderness. When God is calling you, as Jesus said, no man can come to me unless my father draws them. So if you're on this video, God has ordained you to be here in this moment. And he also said in Genesis 6, he will not always keep striving with people, keep begging people, goading people, prodding people. So right now, if you're watching this video, God is prodding you by his spirit. He's calling you. He's drawing you. You know, and you don't realize it, but it is the Holy Spirit. It is the spirit of God that is bringing conviction on your heart and a feeling that 
what we're saying is true. That's how when people debate with atheists and all that, they very rarely get into the fact about the supernatural part. They always debate, which that stuff is all interesting. The physical. It's the spirit of God that speaks to your heart and confirms to you what Jesus, Jesus is Lord. What I'm hearing is true. Jesus is who he said he was. Jesus loves me. He loved me so much that he died in my place. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Jesus foreknew that this moment would come when this divine appointment that you've got with Jesus Christ. Mm. Don't let this moment pass you. There is no guarantee that the Lord is going to keep calling you and calling you. The Lord owes us nothing. Whoever's under the sound of my voice. It's all by grace, brothers and sisters. All by grace through our faith. And that's your part is to only believe, as Jesus told Mary and Martha, John chapter 11, he said, didn't I tell you if you only believe, you would see the glory of God when he was about to raise Lazarus from the Mm -hmm. dead. And the Lord wants to spiritually raise you from the dead right now. If you're not a Christian, you are spiritually dead. The Bible says you're a stranger and separated from the covenants of God. You're lost and without hope in this world. That's exactly what the Bible says. But you can stop being lost. You can be saved. You can belong to the covenants of God. That's what we're talking about. The new covenant, the new testament written in the blood of Jesus Christ. You can become a child of God. John chapter 1, it says, to, many, to as many as receive him, to them he gave power to become the children of God. You are not a child of God if you're not a Christian. The world will say, oh, we're all children of God. No, we're creations of God. And when we're not saved, our, we, there's a wall between us and God, our sin. Sin cannot come into the presence of God. And you can never, as we're saying tonight, you can never remove your sin by doing good works. If you killed somebody and then you said, oh, I feel bad about killing somebody. So I'm going to go build 100 orphanages. And 20 years later, they finally catch you and they're going to put you in jail. You are still a murderer. You building 100 orphanages does not erase or remove the fact that you're a murderer. But with the Lord Jesus Christ, he comes into the courtroom and says, I'll pay your fine. I'll take your punishment. I'll take your place. All I ask is that you say and believe, I know that I killed somebody. I know I broke the law. I know I've done bad things. I don't deserve mercy. I don't deserve forgiveness. I don't deserve grace. But Jesus Christ became sin for us, brothers and sisters, and all on the sound of my voice. He took our punishment. He took our sins upon himself on the cross. That's the heart of the gospel. You have to be saved. So right now, I just explained to you that you are lost and without hope, without Jesus Christ. You have no, you have no hope in this world. We're one out of one die. A hundred out of a hundred die. And a hundred out of a hundred will face the judgment of the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll either know you or not know you. You can know Jesus Christ personally today. Right now, if anybody wants to pray, please put in the comments. And we're going we're gonna to help you make sure you know that you know that you know. Before this video is over, you know that you're going to heaven. We can, mm. You can know it right now. So please comment. We're waiting on you. Go ahead. Here's the other thing, too, that you get with that. And a lot of people have mentioned this, too. When you get the Holy Spirit, you get to understand the Bible. <laughs> I mean, it sounds trivial. But consider how powerful the Bible is. I mean, consider that, you know, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We're able to read it. We're able to understand it. I mean, sure, we learn something new every time we read the Bible. 
every time we read the same verse, we'll learn. But that's the beauty of the Bible. That's the beauty of the inspired word is that it keeps giving and giving and giving and giving you new insights into things. But 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 we can see we, we know what the future holds because we're able to understand the Bible. A lot of people love to know what's going to happen. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen next month? What's going to happen with this? We know what's going to happen. We don't know exact dates, but we know that things are going to happen. And and we and when things do start to happen, we're not taken off guard. We're not taken uh, unaware. We're not surprised. Sure, there's things that will will happen. You'll be like like you said earlier, Patrick is like, wow, I just like the, as far down the road that we are. I just. It's like, who could imagine, you know, all these things that would happen? Last year, we had Brother John on here. He was saying, you know, hey, uh, if that vaccine is going to get rolled out, I think we're going to be out of here before then. Well, th- I mean, that was an interesting assumption. And it, and, and sure, God could have done that and we could have been gone. But that obviously is not wasn't his plan. And so you look back at those things, you're like, well, we're still here. We're still bringing people to Christ. We're still preaching the gospel. Greg's channel hasn't been booted off, not even once. God's protecting us here. I mean, we're we're also being good boys and, and girls when girls are on here that, that we we don't we don't go out of our way. Well, unless what you're are you Bob trying Barber. to say, Kevin. Well, unless you're Bob Barber, <laughs> you don't go out of your way to make people ticked off at you. Um, who are in charge of, this, of the platform? But you know what, Bob's like, hey, I'm just I'm just telling the truth. Um, but at the same <laughs> time, it's like. Better. We're yes, it is amazing that we're still here doing this, but God obviously wants us to keep going. And what we're able to do, though, is through the Holy Spirit, we're able to discern those things that are going on around us in the world. We can immediately hear something and go, wait a minute. Uh, well, hold on a second here. I mean, you, we all get that, don't we, Greg? You get you get a radar that goes off and you hear something and you're like within the first two or three words, you're like, hold on here. I recognize that spirit. That spirit is the spirit of Antichrist. Or that is a good spirit. Okay, this is a spirit that's professing Jesus Christ came in the flesh and died and rose again for your salvation. Okay, I can get along with that. And then the other spirit, you're like, immediately you can go, hold on a second here. So you can, uh, the Holy Spirit gives you so many gifts, so many things that are critical for you to actually be able to withstand and overcome in these in these days that we live in. I just I don't think that there's been a tougher time for someone to be able to discern truth from lies in the history of the world. I, I, I really don't. I mean, and, and, and it makes sense because we're about ready to go into not we <laughs> they are about ready to go into the time where it's the biggest deception ever in the history of the world. So it's getting closer and closer every single day. Bob, you talk about it in your videos. You're like, you can see that we're in this transition period right now, and we're getting super close. Well, it's getting hairy out there. We're in the Shemitah year now. So the stuff that we're hearing on the news right now, it's I'm not surprised. I was listening to it today. I'm like, yeah, we're in the Shemitah year. I'm not surprised. Now they're 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 using that those they're using the terms nuclear weapons a little too loosely right now, aren't they? Which yeah. it has me a little concerned, <laughs> you know. But when those nukes come down, we go up, you know. Yeah. And if they go off in my face, I'll tell you what, you're not going to feel anything. It might get a little warm, 
and you'll be gone just like that. I get to go to the resurrection part, which is fine with me. You're one of the first ones to rise, right? You're the dead in Christ at that point. You, I mean, you, yeah. you're you're the first. <laughs> so it could happen that way. But I don't know. The, 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 the nuclear weapons has to be a. It has to be a trigger point. They're throwing That's that word big. around, aren't they? It's just like everyone's kind of using it now. Like it's like, well, if they use it, we'll just use it. And it's like, hold on a second here. You're talking about like mutual mass destruction. You're not talking about, well, we'll just throw this little thing over there and they throw a firecracker back at us. This is a big deal. And yet they talk about it like it's nothing. And yet they're the same yeah. people who fear for their lives from a man-made virus. Mm-hmm. I mean, on top of all that, too, the weapons are used against mass amounts of people and won't be used against them. People like right. us will pay the price. Yeah. They're going to be in their underground bunkers up in their jets. Like, whoa, I guess they shot the mm-hmm. missile off. Too bad for all you people down there that died. We're okay. We'll keep on threatening them, though, because it's a good idea. Because they someone now we're going to send one at them now. And now all those innocent people over there die. And the people that were threatening us, well, they're underground, too. So, no, the people who are fighting are not getting hurt as everybody else around them is getting hurt. All the innocent people. That just makes me angry. You know who those people aren't going to be able to hide from though in the caves is from the face of God himself. Yeah. They are not going to be able to hide from him. They are going to wish death upon themselves. They're not going to be able to find it are they? because they've fallen into that beast system ultimately is their final destination. And you know what, though? we got to pluck as many as we can out of that now while we can, right, Patrick? That's really what you keep on talking about, which is, look, we we, we got to get as many as we can. we got to throw out that net, and we got to have stir up the spirit. And if the peop- if somebody just stumbled upon here or something like that, there's it's not a coincidence, okay? There is a reason. This is an opportunity. I mean, you've got to take that opportunity, and it's like, some people will say, I don't know why I'm here. And they'll say this on Bob's channel. Like, I don't know how I got this video, but this is really good stuff. It's like, uh, yeah, the Lord will lead you to good stuff and you'll be able to see things. And that's when you got to take the opportunity because then th- that's when the Lord is standing at the door waiting for you to con- to, to say, hey, I- I'm here for you. And he's going to be like, well, I've been waiting here all the time. Well, <laughs> come on in. You know, that's. That's the beautiful thing about the Lord is that he's never going to turn his back on you. No matter how many times you've rejected him, he's always there to take you. That's true. Hey, Greg, we got some questions coming through. Yes, you we wanna... do. Let's put one up here. This was an, in, this is an interesting one. So you guys just chime in, you know, just, you know, interject, feel free to interject with this one. All right. Uh, whoever wants to take it, I'm confused about the battle of Gog and Magog. Is this before or during the seven-year tribulation? Uh, can I say something about that? You know, the, the different Go views on that is that, well, you know, it says it in there, it takes them seven years to clean up the mess. So that's why, like, say, Dr. Tim LaHaye, who wrote the Left Behind books, and those guys, a lot of those uh, people say that it's probably pre, uh, pre-tribulation because it takes seven years to clean up the mess. There's another confusion. I saw someone always mentions it saying that the war of Gog and Magi will be during the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ. But if you go read Ezekiel 38 and 39, and then you read the text from Revelation, you will see that there are two different battles. So Gog of Magog is like a principality 
uh, you know, a spiritual principality operating through a man in the first in, in Ezekiel 38, 39. You can read that text and clearly say it's not during the millennial reign of Christ. And then the, and there'll be another battle with that same principality, Gog of Magog. Now, this is the standard, you know, theology of it. Not necessarily correct. This is what they say. So during the second, the second wave of that or another time that will happen with the children of the tribulation saints, people who go into the tribulation, who are not killed in the tribulation, who didn't take the mark, tribulation saints, they will live as humans in the, the millennial reign of Christ. We will rule and reign over them. They will have children. As Bob said, uh, if someone dies at 100, it'll be considered young. So the children of those millennial uh, tribulation saints and grandchildren, etc., they will have a chance to rebel against God again, as we see at the end of Revelation, at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ. That's when there's this other, they're led by this Gog of Magog thing. So it's two different battles. I, I saw uh, people always say that. But if you look at those two, Ezekiel 38 and 39, and then look at the one in Revelation, you can see that. They're two different events, but the same spirit, this Gog of Magog. So, And, and you know, it's interesting how people, some people will, will think like like Tim Lay and so forth and people, um, you know, I mean, I worked on the left behind, wrote the left, left, left behind games. Um, whether or not the, the, the Gog-Magog war happens prior to the 70th week, uh, they basically had, I think, happened about six months beforehand. Um or if it happens at the end of the 70th week and they're burning the, the weapons in the millennium, uh, I don't think that it's, it's that the Bible says exactly that you can point to and where it says it's either one or the other. I don't think that you can. I think that you can make assumptions. I think that you can make connections. But I think you can have a good debate either way. But it certainly is true that, that, that there will be a war around the tribulation period of time. And there also will be another war, which is not really a war when it comes down to it. That final Gog Magog war <laughs> is a bloodbath. I mean, it is it is literally the people come against Jerusalem and God sends down fire and burns them all up. I mean, that is the end of that war. So th there's not much of a war going on there. And there's actually not much of a war when you think about it going on with the Ezekiel 38, 39 war either because God basically puts a supernatural into that fairly quickly, I think. Uh, at least it's what I read, is that God is, intervenes and basically destroys, what, uh, six-sevenths of their army or something like that? So you're talking about to almost total destruction of those nations that come against Israel. And, and God tells us why, he's, why that war happens it is so that he can show that he is the God of Israel, that these are my people Israel. So, I mean... That's a very tribulationly thing, isn't it? For, for for God to say, okay, my focus is on Israel, and I want the world to know that I am their God. That that's a that's a big deal. The question is, is how soon that happens within the tribulation? I think it's up for debate. I think uh, some people lean toward the beginning, and some people lean even toward the end. So uh, I don't know if we if we could all say for sure exactly that we know with 100% certainty that it happens during you know, a certain as you're saying that, brother, I was just thinking, you know, it could be what triggers the global peace deal because God wipes out, King James says, five, six of the more, God. Oh, of that's right. Not six, seven, five, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a little what, less. <laughs> right. So that could lead to the, uh, you know, to the signing of the peace treaty. And that could be like 
the rapture happens at that moment. I mean, that's it's possible. What we're talking about. Maybe. That, I mean, that, that is one possibility that you can look at. You could say that you know the um, that that in order to bring peace, in order to actually have a peace deal with many, they have to be willing to come to the table. And certainly after total destruction, people are more willing to come to the table when you're weak and you're just like, I got, I can't fight you anymore. Let's make peace. Oh, that sounds good. Yes, let's make peace. It's possible. It's a possibility. I mean, and, and to and to basically have a rapture occur that which is basically taking the focus off of the church and putting it onto Israel, it makes some sense. Uh, Bob, I think that you. I think if I if I recall correctly, I think you lean toward that. It's toward the end. Is that correct? Yeah, my argument is it's seven years where they're cleaning up the weapons. God said, you know, when uh, when, when he prophesied, that was God's prophecy. God said we're going to clean up weapons for seven years. If God says we're cleaning up weapons for seven years, you can't clean up weapons when you're having a war. You can't mm. clean up weapons when you are being surrounded by your enemies. You can't clean up weapons when, you know, that's seven whole years. You can't clean up weapons when you're hiding in Petra in, in captivity. Mm. He's cleaning up weapons for seven years. And my argument is that's the first seven years of the millennium. Thing is, I could see the, I could see the Gog and Magog happening at the beginning and the end. Okay, because if you read it, there is a he talks about I'll deal with you now and I'll deal with you a few years down the road. He mm-hmm. deals with them twice. Sure. And basically, I could see that seven year period. Yeah, they're being surrounded. We're gonna see a Gog and Magog thing happen here. I believe that, but we will see a seven year period where they're cleaning up the weapons and turning them into farm equipment. Because I mean, how else can you do that? That first seven years. Is the the I believe it's going to be the uh, the twelfth Shemitah cycle starting in twenty twenty nine to twenty thirty five. That's where I think that seven year period that the book of Ezekiel is talking about after the Gog and Magog war. You know. Well, but, there you uh, go. We just uh, we just had some good arguments for one or the other and or both and three possibly three different Gog Magogs. Three is a pretty good number. Um, but uh, I think I think that's the point. And here's the other point, too, is that if we actually see that happen, well, how close is that rapture then at that point? I mean, if we really actually saw that occur, I think that all of us would be on the edge of our seat going, OK, any second now. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Very good, guys. And I, I like the way you you've all kind of tied it in. It could be one or the other. It could be both. Uh, that was really good. Awesome. Um, all right. So interesting one. What does it mean to you to pick up, pick your, up cross? your cross? What does it mean to you? I guess to you personally, but what does it mean biblically? I think we all know. Mm-hmm. Well, who said it? Jesus did. And who did he say to? The Jews. And mm-hmm. what was Jesus doing? He was talking about the kingdom gospel, this coming kingdom. Pick up your cross and follow me. Okay. Everything Jesus taught all throughout the four Gospels, that's Jesus carrying his cross, okay? Don't look upon a woman. You'll commit adultery in your heart, you know, the Ten Commandments, all that stuff like that, a works-based gospel, but also faith in Jesus Christ, which I believe is going to be the the, uh, the everlasting gospel preached by the Revelation 14 angel. You're carrying your cross, you know. But, you know, that's for those who are dwelling on the earth. This is the specific instructions for the priests who will be on the earth, that will be Israel. And the Bible says to us in the in Romans through Philemon that we receive uh, we receive salvation freely. Okay, use the word freely, you know, 
And we are sealed in the we are sealed in the body of Christ. Ephesians four thirty, Ephesians two eight nine, for by you know we're saved by we're saved by grace through faith alone. Okay, not of works, lest any man should boast. So that's a gift. If you receive a gift and someone says, okay, look, I'm gonna give it as gift, but you gotta carry this fifty pound cross on your shoulder from here about two miles down the road, then I'll give it to you. Was it a gift? No. Yeah, this okay. is yeah, this is not pertain this is not pertain to salvation. This is the this is the sanctification thing that basically is in Galatians two twenty that says, For I have been crucified with Christ. So mm-hmm. the, the, you know you, you're picking up your cross basically not to achieve salvation, but basically to be to accept the cost of as Steve says, accepting the cost of discipleship. Uh, there there is a cost. You basically take up that cross. You basically say, I've been crucified with Jesus. It's no longer I who live, but he who lives within me. And that is a change from the old man to a new man. And that's what Paul talks about uh, many times in talking about, uh, you know, giving up worldly things and becoming spiritually minded and, and walking in the spirit. And that's really what, what picking up um, the cross means to me, not for salvation, but for, for the daily renewal that we go through with sanctification. Does that sound about right to you, Patrick? Uh, yes, I think I'm in total agreement with you, brother. That's it. It's a matter of, uh, in other words, not my will, but the Lord's will. It's like the Garden of Gethsemane moment that we should have as a Christian. You know, I've decided I'm going to follow Jesus, give up my own will, my own desires, and follow the Lord. This should be, it should be a natural result of the Spirit working in us, you know, that we would bear fruit. And so that's what has to happen. We have to take up our, as you quoted, I love to quote that all the time in my videos, Galatians 2.20. It's not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. You know, and there's another verse. So it is really Christ within us. There's another verse that says, you know, uh, this mystery, Paul says, Christ within us, the hope of glory. So it's Christ. We talk about, you know, the mystery of the Trinity. There's the Holy Spirit. But yet it's also Jesus said in the Gospel of John 15, my Father and I will manifest ourselves to you. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's through the spirit. So it's Jesus within us, the Lord within us. And so, you know, that's it. That's it. We, we're given up our will for his will. That's what it means to me. Jesus said, let thy will be done. If there's any way this, could, this cup could pass from me, but nevertheless, let thy will be done. So what did he do? He went to the cross. And so it's symbolic of, you know, as Paul said, I die daily. You yeah. know? So that's Greg, it. Greg, do you think it's fair to say that this is like, and Patrick, do you think it's fair to say that this is, what some people will call being born again is that this is the born again Christian who's basically like born again, meaning I put off the old I'm putting on, I put on the new and I walk with, uh, with Christ in me daily. And and I live through that Christ lives through me rather than me through me. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you know what? It's also about the uh, understanding how we are now going against the world. And yes. everything the world has to offer, it has nothing to offer to his body. It really doesn't, sure. right? We we really, I mean, when we pick up our cross, if we want to apply this to ourselves, I mean, yes, the audience to the is is directly to the Jews, obviously, yes. But Barb, however, we can apply this to ourselves, and we can say we're picking up our cross daily because we're dying to ourselves daily. Mm-hmm especially as believers in Christ. That is a very like, crucial part, aspect to being a believer. Uh, yeah, it and, seems and if like we're, if what, we're not, there's something wrong with the relationship. 
Right. And it seems like what Paul did is he, he, he took what Jesus said and then he applied it after the resurrection and said, you know, I, I, I've been crucified with Christ. And that is the, what Jesus is saying is that you need to pick up your cross and follow me. And then Jesus died. And then Paul's like, you need to have been crucified on there with him and let, let your flesh, you know, and actually it's not even your flesh, actually it's your spirit. Let your spirit be changed and that you are a changed person at that point. And even though your flesh is going to war against you, your spirit is able to overcome that. A new creature in Christ. You're right. Amen. Old things. Well, even when we do baptism, it says Paul said that, you know, we're buried with Christ and raised with him. You know, so the whole thing, you know, the old man has passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, right. so that's, you that's know, right. we go by the cross. Yeah. But Bob yeah, started out, change. Bob started this all out with, you know, this is not a salvation thing. Salvation no. is a free gift. You you don't have to give up your cross daily to receive salvation. That is a different, that is a different thing. That is a, that is a kingdom sanctification thing. Salvation is a free gift from God. That's, that's based off of whether or not you have faith in Jesus Christ. Um, this is a different situation, but this is what we all should be aspiring towards. And, and that's really what Paul's Paul's gospels were. I mean, sure, there was a salvation message, but I would say that the predominant message that Paul had was regarding the daily walk and the sanctification toward becoming perfect. And, you know, as perfect as we can be, basically, until we we become, uh, re, you know, resurrection. So, yeah. Amen. Hey, uh, Greg, um I'll, I'll say uh, I had a question I was going to share. A lot of people are asking on my channel, and now they're, uh, I know Chester has sent me a list of questions. Oh, Chester, <laughs> all right, Chester. And uh, basically uh, the question was about the um, about the image that popped up. And it was funny, too. I didn't hear about that image and that came from Mexico and New York. I didn't hear anything about it to right after I posted my video. Okay, so I didn't know nothing about it. So that that goes to show me what the Lord was doing with that video, why he chose me to post that video when I did. And then people said, Bob, Bob, the image is here. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I'm like, is that the image? And then, of course, it's kind of funny how that worked out because it kind of answered the question. I think a lot of people believe that that image, we just saw that picture you had there. I don't know if you could bring it back up, Greg. But uh, the, the, yeah. the image that people think that's going to be the one that comes to life. That's what we're talking about in Revelation chapter, uh, in Revelation chapter 13, verse. Uh, well, believe verse... me, that one's not coming to life because that no. one doesn't match exactly what's. And not only well, that, let's be honest, that thing was not made by the, the false prophet or the or no. false prophet didn't tell anybody to make it. That, that's, that image comes later on. I went through right. this. this. This image is an amalgamation of the beast. Uh, the the fallen angels and the spirit of Antichrist. Um, right. Yeah, this thing's it's not missing. coming. Alive. What's it missing, Kevin? Well, first of all, it has uh, in Revelation chapter thirteen one it says, "I saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads, yeah, and horns." Yeah. Okay. And I don't see seven heads on this thing. I don't see any okay. horns either. Yeah. So it's not the image of the beast. Yeah. It's 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 something that's kind of warming everybody up to it. Sure. And here's the other problem too. When the beast image is created, it's created by uh the false the false prophet influences everybody to build the image. And not it's not it's basically human beings, just like the Israelites when they built that calf. Exactly. All right. 
the false prophet will say, you should make an image unto the beast. You should do it. I'm not going to force you, but you people love you. Read the If you read the Bible in Revelation chapter 13, 4, it says, and deceive them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make mm-hmm. an image to the beast. Not They didn't force them, nothing like that. Well, so I mean, this they, guy they, they will influence them to do it. Well, they they want to they want to worship him whenever they can and wherever they can. I mean, they have an image wherever you go and stuff like that. It's very convenient for worship at that point. Listen, uh, yeah, I mean, people are jumping ahead though all the time and saying that we're in the tribulation. The mark of the beast is already here. Blah blah blah. We've gone through that yeah. for for weeks and months now. So when something like this comes up, it's good to be aware and it's good to recognize this for something that's evil and satanic <laughs> underneath everything at all. But at the same time. Don't get too carried away and start thinking this this thing's going to start talking to you. No, it won't. Because first of all, the the false prophet hasn't <laughs> risen yet, so he hasn't influenced anybody to build anything. And the false prophet only rises during the tribulation, which means right. this thing is out of its proper t- time context. The image that comes to life is built during the seven year tribulation. Yes. So this is a prototype. Okay, I'll give it that. <laughs> it's a pretty weak prototype, though. Yeah, but uh, I made Patrick laugh, so that's all. That's all I, I, I like. The, the 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 broadcast is complete for me, Greg. Uh, I'm good. good. I made him laugh. That was good. Uh, yeah. Uh, so just to give credit to this article, this is from Christian Post, ChristianPost.com. Just to give them credit where credit is due, right? Yeah. Okay. So all right. What else we got? Yeah. Next question we have. Wait, does Bob have more from Chester, or is that it? Oh yeah. Let's. Oh, you know, actually, I do have one here. It says, uh, what does it say here? Um, here it is. It's, uh, will there be a 13th Shemitah cycle after the millennial reign in 2036? Of course there will. Because time ain't going to stop. Time will march on till the end of the millennium. So we're in the, we're in the 10th one, the 11th one's coming, then the 12th, and then it doesn't the start over with the 13th. First? What's that? Does it, go to the, does it start over with the first or does it go to the 13th? Oh, you think in uh once we get to the uh once we get to the uh the millennial reign, then we'll we'll start over at one Shemitah and start counting over. I don't know. There. Maybe I mean, we, you know, twelve is a pretty good number to end on. Yeah, because <laughs> if it ends at twelve, then thirteen would be twenty thirty six. So my guess is, my answer now is yes, there will be a thirteenth Shemitah. I don't think they're going to start over. Okay, personally, I don't think they will. All right. Uh, you know, but uh, do you think uh, that we're going to have Jubilee? Okay, I know this question's not in here, Greg, but I'm going to ask Bob or Patrick this. Oh, it's Patrick. Bob, you talk too much. I'm kidding. Uh, I talk too much. Bob, <laughs> uh, Patrick, do you think that <laughs> do you think that there's going to be Jubilees during the millennium? Uh, I'm trying to think if there's a Bible verse about that. But I would say, I, I mean, I agree with Bob with the idea that the thousand-year reign of Christ, eternity doesn't begin until the end of the thousand-year reign right. of Christ. So I would say that, I mean, God will continue to follow those cycles um, until it, maybe even in eternity. I don't know. But at least until time stops, which I guess you could say that's what eternity is. No more time, space-time as we know it. So I would say that it would. Uh, and there would probably be some things that we would do. But I mean... As far as dealing with non-believers and stuff, you know, the, those children of the of the tribulation saints will rebel and all that. But 
there'll probably be some celebration of that going on as a just like they'll be doing the sacrifices and stuff. You know, it's like a yeah. memorial to what Jesus did. I mean, so everything actually, of course, it's his story, right? History. It all revolves around Jesus. Every everything is a type and shadow of Jesus. And so I believe that's true. They probably it does be. talk about nations coming uh, to Jerusalem during the Feast of Tabernacles, right? Right, right. It talks about them going up, and so but there it will be says that the people that it says for the nations that don't, they don't right. get rain, right? Right, and so people use that to try to say we're under the law. You know, I've heard those arguments from people who are Judaizers who try to say we have to follow the law, but I think it's done in a memorial to the blood of Jesus. That makes sense. I mean, you know, because the Lord didn't allow them from AD 70. It's like after Jesus was crucified in 32, 33, the Lord gave them one generation to repent. And then boom, he stopped the sacrifices. And and if you've looked at that stuff uh, by, what's his name? Dr. Ken Johnson, you know, uh, the scene stuff. Yeah. That age ended in AD 75 or whatever. I mean, the stuff that they had and laid it out. I think that's true. The end of that age, you know, yes. and so I was even thinking about that the other day when the Lord is saying, you know, about the end of the age. I mean, there it was an end of a dispensation also. Yes. Jesus was literally with his disciples to the end of the Old Testament, to the end of this age, yes. that dispensation. And then we began the new dispensation and he is with us by the spirit. So, yeah. I mean, but it was like a double meaning. Uh, it was. Yeah. No, that was a very important time in human history. Um and it's interesting that, like, like, like you said, the temple's destroyed. There is no way to do sacrifices anymore. There's no high priest. There's nothing. There's no atonement for sins if you keep on going under that law. That's why the book of Hebrews is so important to read, especially for Jews. It's a fantastic uh, book to, to read and understand that Jesus became the high priest. He is the high priest on the order of Melchizedek, which is not a bloodline. It is a, it is a God-appointed line. And even though Jesus did have a bloodline in him, he also was appointed by God to become the high priest. So we don't need to do daily sacrifices anymore. Jesus the book of Hebrews says it was once for all, right? Once for one, one time for all. So Amen. they can't even do it if they wanted to. And not only that, they can't even point to a Messiah anymore because they don't have any genealogy records or anything like that. So how do they know what line they came from? They're you saying, know, oh, it's DNA, but I mean. What you, I, I hate to run, but I'm just thinking it like when we do evangelism in the Philippines, like the Philippines is about 90% Catholic. There's probably some Catholics watching us. Mm-hmm. That text is what we use to evangelize Catholics from Hebrews chapter 9 and 10, where it says, you know, the priest stands daily offering sacrifices, but Jesus offered it once and for all. Right. And so it also applies to Catholicism because what Catholicism is doing is there, they call their preacher a priest as if he's like an Old Testament priest. He's standing as a mediator, right. offering the daily, you know, Jesus is perpetually offering his blood. That's why they have the crucifix. And so it also works with Catholics, too, who may be watching this. Jesus already paid it all. He's not on the cross anymore. He is Amen. risen. It's he is risen. risen indeed. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hallelujah. That's why you go to every Catholic church. Jesus is always on the cross. That he's Catholic always on the right? cross. Always can, on yeah. that cross. He's always shedding his blood. He shed his blood. That was a long time ago. He did it once. Yes. (laughs) Someone says Catholics aren't Christian. Uh, You know, I'm sure that there are some in the Catholic faith that actually believe in Jesus and they're, and they're disturbed about what goes on in that church. Okay. In that faith, Bob, I know you were there in that church. You didn't like what was going on in there. You got out. 
I think a lot of Catholics that, that are ultimately like true believers, they get out of that faith and they're like, this is not a real Christian faith. This is not Christ centered. When, when, they, when they begin their prayers to Mary, how is that Christ centered? I mean, it's not. You're barking up the wrong tree there. When you're talking about praying to saints, when you're talking about having people intermediate between you and the Father, Christ is our mediator. There's a, they have a lot of things wrong. Um, so, you know, My I, I still think Mary's a virgin. Yeah. Right, right. Still a virgin. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Even though she had other children. No, she didn't have other children. Are you kidding me? She couldn't have had other children. I think that's yeah. Matthew oh, yeah, 122 where it says Joseph knew her not until Jesus was born. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah no, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. He, otherwise, all of his brothers and sisters uh, are all immaculately conceived as well, which they were not. So, uh, listen, there's a lot of things that are not good about the Catholic faith. That is a, that is a religion. That is the works religion. Yeah. That is a religion. I mean, you, you don't, you don't want to be caught up in that. So I don't go down that road. And if you know people that are in there, all you can really do is just share the gospel message and hope that they go, wait a minute. That's not what I'm hearing over here. I'm hearing that I got to do this and this and this and pray for them. Right. And pray for them. Pray for them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, this, uh, Marcus Lamb, any thoughts, anybody on that? I don't, I'm not familiar with who that is. Who is it? Okay. He, he, he was the head of the, this uh, Daystar, Daystar Network. Network. He died uh, of he, COVID. Just he like did pa- he just passed recently, uh, CEO of uh, Christian Daystar Television. Um, he did vocally oppose the, uh, the V. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I don't know much about him as well either. Um, I mean, I really haven't, I haven't uh, put you know much thought into it. Uh, right. It doesn't sound like you guys have either. Uh, well, why would I know? I would say that he died. He was a Christian. Why would we? What were we going to do? Say something bad about him? I don't know. He started the Daystar Network and. Maybe good. But Daystar has a lot of good programming on it. Right. So, so I, I you know, I, I don't we could say bad, bad about him or something, but he, you know, he's he's with the Lord now, and he, no one's perfect. And I think that all those, you know, TBN and all those guys, lots of money, lots of fame, Hollywood. Yep. I'm sure it's a very negative influence, and you know that the, you know, even the Crouches, they've had lots of issues, but I'm sure they all started out with a great intention, and they got caught up in in the glamour. As we all humans are, that's why, you know, we shouldn't get into anything. In other words, if you're a former alcoholic, don't go into a bar evangelizing unless the Lord directly commands you to do it. You know, you got you got to you got to know your limitations. And, and you know, and uh, we there, but by the grace of God, go. We could happen to us. And uh, so we should not be prideful. We always have to be humble. And I would say that. So I don't know if the, why the person asked, but on my channel, I see that a lot of Christians who love to to try to get people to say bad stuff about other Christians. I don't think that's from the Lord, no. especially somebody who died. Um, and, you know, we, we all need to humble ourselves because whatever he did wrong, it can happen to any of us, but by the grace of God, we should always be humble. So, so Robert Hagen left a little early. He tends to do that um, a little bit. It gets a little late for him. So um, we, we, we really do enjoy the time when he's here and, and listening to him. Um, and he's, he's a great guy, but that's where he went. But yeah, I, all I'm going to say about that is that I've heard the gospel preached on Daystar TV uh, on their programs, and I've also heard them pointing to the return of Jesus Christ on their programs. So uh, I, 
I don't have anything bad to say about that guy whatsoever. What is the snake bite, Bob? <laughs> Are you allowed That's to say it here? Channel. V. Craig? The vacation. The uh, the thing, if you use the actual words, that the uh, that the AI uh, algorithm will Ven- automatically censor every single oh, word you say throughout the vendetta. video if you v just drop that one word in there. Yes. Yeah. V is for a vendetta. It is a yeah. That's that's what that's what Bob has referred the jibba jabba, the snake bite, the um, the vendetta. Mm-hmm. What else I you got, Greg? That's an easy one. What else? Let's give us something hard. You know, give us something challenging. Yeah. What does it mean to be spirit filled? We've kind of gone through that quite a bit, but Patrick, maybe you can sum it up in a couple sentences. Go ahead, Brother Patrick. Let's see, short version. Uh, to be filled, well, you know, the Bible talks about there's more, you know, continual. I mean, they say in the Greek, it means, you know, to be continually filled. It's true. Like when I get ready to make my video, or I've been preaching 21 years. The Spirit is always within me, a wellspring of living water, John chapter 4. But when I get ready to make a video, or if you're going to start witness to, witnessing to someone about Jesus, or you begin to praise and worship the Lord, you know, the, the spirit begins to move. The Bible says the spirit inhabits the praises of his people. So the spirit is always within us. But I guess what I'm talking about is the manifestation of the spirit, the feeling of the spirit. So in other words, if you, let's let's use a great example. I mean, I don't know how I could say this, but let's just say you're married and you're 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 spending time with your husband or wife. It's not a time you need the spirit of God, you know, manifesting in your presence. You know, you're just being a regular person in, in your natural moments, going to the bathroom or whatever. But when those times comes that God would use you, like we're making this video right now, or you would start witnessing to someone, that's the time that we get a more, you know, the Lord is is immediately available for us as much as we need. You know, like the gifts of the Spirit, someone to be healed or or whatever. God's Spirit is immediately always available for us Christians. And it's we're sealed with it. But we may need a special, you know, uh, in other words, like when those Coptic Christians were going to get their heads chopped off in Egypt by ISIS, you saw those people were very calm, cool, and collect. That was an infilling of a spirit of peace from God that was that they needed in that moment. Just yeah. like I need the spirit of God to say what I'm saying right now. You know, so th- that that's what it means to be filled with the spirit as needed. And so that's why. Jesus talked about putting oil in your lamp, and he said, you know, no one lights a lamp and puts it under under a bag, a bushel, or a bag. So that's it. People want to know about having oil in their lamp. And so I say to you, why have oil in your lamp if it's not lit? If you're not letting your light shine, if you're not being out there. So as you're burning your lamp, God's going to continually fill it. That's the way of seeing it. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It never runs. It'll never run out. Um, as long as you keep on searching and seeking after it and asking for it and dwelling in it, it's never going to run out. And that's how you keep your lamp full. And um, you do that by the word. And you do it through uh, discussions like this and iron yeah, sharpens iron and, do, right? yeah. and uh, you know, exhorting each other and stuff like that and uh, overcoming, basically. Um, yeah, you can't you can't be spirit filled if you're if you're in the world. And living in the world and dwelling in the world, uh, it's, you're just you're going to run out of spirit real quick. There, it says, so, "Grieve not the Holy Spirit." You know, yeah, you, you get, get the reason the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. 
Amen. All right, what well, else we got, Greg? Anything no, we can leave it there. Uh, we can we can pick up next week uh, with your questions. We Please uh, put them right in. You can put them. says we time to go to bed, boys. Time to go to bed. All right. But we thank you all for coming on, of course, and uh, we always appreciate your contribution to this and uh, yeah, and being uh, interactive with us. Uh, thank you all for coming on. Um, you guys are awesome, and ladies, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Thank Pastor you. Patrick, thank you for coming on with us again. Yes. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, Lord again, Lord willing, we'll be back again next week. Next week. <laughs> Not next God weekend. Next week. God bless you.